Hey, Harpy Hour fans. Here's a new way to earn yourselves a coveted Harpy Hour logo sticker and get a shout out from us in an episode. Just tag us at Harpy Hour Pod on an original social media post. So not a retweet, but something you wrote yourself telling your friends how much you love us. Next, DM us your mailing address straight from your social media account or email us along with a screenshot of your post to harpyhourpodcast at gmail.com. You won't get another sticker if you already got one in our last giveaway, but let your friends know anyways so they can participate and get a matching sticker. We're only giving away up to 20 stickers, but if you miss out, you can also get one by supporting us on Patreon. Now, before you enjoy the episode, check out this promo from another awesome podcast to add to your list and stick around for Harpy Hour. You took my mother's oldest grandchild from her, and for that I can never forgive you. I hope you, I hope you can deal with what you've done. That's why I hate you! This defendant will never again see freedom. Crimatorium translates to a place where crime resides. Your host, Madeline, guides the listener through sensitive topics such as murder, domestic abuse, child neglect, missing persons, and more. Take the next step and subscribe to Crimatorium via your favorite podcast platform. Crimatorium is also available on YouTube. Join me in the place where crime resides. Almost always after I was either physically or in some other way harassed. By Harpy Hour may contain explicit language as well as graphic, violent, and sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Harpy Hour! Hi! The hell was that, Tracy? I said hi! Oh, (laughs) It was very squeaky. It was super squeaky. <laughs> I, I felt the need to... Squeak? Just Yeah, to squeak. I felt the squeak inside. <laughs> the squeak inside. You, you are the squeak is. beneath my wings. <laughs> nope. The squeak inside of me. Anyway. Who are you? Oh, I'm Tracy. I'm Liz. Oh, I'm Steph. And this is our podcast where we share ridiculous stories in history, science, and entertainment. And entertainment. You should know this by now. We're 57 episodes in. Yeah, we didn't even do it last episode. We, we don't didn't. care. We oh, we didn't? It. <laughs> no. no, we didn't. We didn't do it. It's not no. important. Well, you know what you're getting yourself into at this point. They know what they're here for. You should know by now. Nobody's starting in episode 57. I mean, we unless we have some quality content that I am unaware of that really necessitates people starting mid-season. Do we have seasons? I don't think uh. we have seasons. <laughs> seasons of harpies. Great work. Seasons of claws. You know, because we have claws. Because we're harpies. 
I would say we have like wings would be the first thing I would. Yeah, uh, yeah but list. that's not as close to love as claw. <laughs> I feel like I frequently get asked, people see my tattoo and they're like, is that an angel? I'm like, no, it's a harpy. And they're like, whoa, whoa. What kind of angel do they think that is? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, there's no halo. It has claws. Also, that's a terrifying angel. I know. <laughs> I mean, it has feathers and like on its body, not just the wings. And it has a tail and it has claws. But I frequently get asked, like, is that an angel? I'm like, no. The fuck do angels look like in your mind? Yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Liz, ask Steph something. I Jesus. am. Don't tell her how to do her job. Oh boy. Well, Steph. Yes. What are you doing today? Today, I'm going to talk about the fast track to the slow life. Oh, Ooh. is this how to life. move to Hawaii? No. And become Steph? No, it is not. Slow life, like slow eating, slow something, slow sloth. Yes, how to be a sloth. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Your comprehensive guide to becoming a sloth. Oh, I watched Planet Earth recently with the swimming sloth. It's so oh. cute. It swam all the way from one island to the other just to get banged. <laughs> what are you going to say? Just to get bangs? Like, did it no, even no, to, get, to, to, boom, to, <laughs> to bang any sexy bang. times with a lady sloth. <laughs> oh, it was dedicated. How mm-hmm. did he know the lady sloth was on the other island? Maybe he was in love and she moved away. It's an LDR. She was like making noise over there or something. Oh. And he like ran over and he was like, it. oh. He was like, oh, are you horny? I hear a horny lady. <laughs> I'm going to get me Just some of that. Just checking to see if you're horny. <laughs> Just thought I'd drop in. Is sloth sex like, they're so slow. That must be like not very exciting. Some people like Aww. it like. You know, slow and sensual. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, but not like every time. What is that yeah. song? What is that song by Tenacious D? You don't always have to fuck her hard. Something like that. <laughs> what? And in fact, sometimes that's I not nice. I have never heard of this song. You guys know Tenacious D? This feels like <laughs> kindergarten, like elementary discussion. Like, hang on. I've. Never heard this. Tenacious D, fuck her gently is the name of the song. <laughs> I've ne- I, I don't know what you're talking. You don't about. always have to fuck her hard. In fact, sometimes that's not right to do. Sometimes you've got to make some love and fuck her. Give some sm- some smooches too. Oh, gotta have the smooches. <laughs> smooches gonna are fuck pivotal. You softly, gonna I- screw you gently. No, okay, no one knows this song. No. Jack Black, Tenacious D. Okay. Remember that time that Steph told us Eric lived in France? (laughs) (laughs) That's what this reminds me of. What? (laughs) Just making shit up. (laughs) The other day, I was telling him and a couple other people the story of... We were were talking about scuba diving and the bends came up. And I was telling them the story of how they put the caissons in the water... And you know, and, and the, the caissons people, go rolling right. along. And they were digging, and then they came up, and they all had the bends. That's how they figured out what the like. That's the first time they anyone experienced what the bends yeah. was. Okay. And I told this whole story and dropped all this cool knowledge about like the history of the bends and this bridge and okay. everything. And then there was like silence, and then <laughs> then Eric was like, "Fun fact: caisson is French for big box." <laughs> 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 like. 
Thank you. And that is the that is the <laughs> knowledge that everyone obtained from this story. <laughs> Large box in French. Caisson. The fast track to the slow life. Today I'm gonna tell you guys about orphan trains. Oh. This sounds sad. Yeah. I still that doesn't really not reveal a lot of information to me. It does not. Because unless you've heard of this before, you have no idea what I'm about to tell you. Oh wait, no, I have heard of this. It's they so they had like the trains and the orphans were on them. And and you could go and like pick up some orphans and be like, here, work my land. Essentially. All right. that, oh. That's right, right? The end. Do, 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 okay. do, do. I just did <laughs> Brought to you it. by Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a way to fill out your farmhand team, essentially. We'll get to it. Okay, great. So we're going to go back to our favorite time period. The 1800s! Mm-hmm. Yay! Well, we're going to also dip in. We're going to stick a toe into the 1900s too because this operated from 1854 to 1929 what a time to be alive it was a welfare program that shuttled east coast orphans to the midwest and the west uh, in the u.s with the goal of finding them new homes sometimes also canada and mexico too this sounds like when those like animal shelter vans pull up and they have like the little vests that say adopt me on them <laughs> that's what it's that's what it resembles to me except for people except they used for to people. have one of those little vans at um the farmer's market near my work every once in a while yes. so you're like out buying your lunch or some produce and you come and home with four dogs little puppies. <laughs> <laughs> yes Yes. Actually, I used to volunteer for those vans before you and I were friends when I was volunteering. You don't volunteer now that we're friends. (laughs) Well, when I was a good person. Now I put all of my energy into being your friend. So, Is there a direct correlation between the absence of... It just kind of happened. Volunteering and our friendship. We went to Kentucky, and then there was just never time. It was all downhill from there. It really (laughs) went downhill. So over the course of this train's existence, which is 75 years, it's a long-ass time, it transported over 200,000 orphaned, abandoned, homeless, or abused children to new homes. It was organized by three charitable organizations that were backed by wealthy donors, and it ended when an organized foster care system was created in the 1920s, also, when people figured out that they could just drop their kids in the mail. <laughs> Amazing. Perfect. Before I go any further, I'm going to sidetrack to an appropriate... That's a train joke. Uh, there's going to be plenty. We're just going to chug along here. We're chugging right along. I hate this. I hate this. I'm just going to quickly touch on something that's not so funny, but I wanted to like bring this up there is appropriate adoption language that should be used nowadays okay okay it's like what's considered positive and preferred language on the topic of adoption versus like negative outdated language i'm going to do my best to use the appropriate languages the appropriate terms appropriate language sometimes i'm going to use the inappropriate language or the outdated language because i'm referring to a time when this, you know, just to make a point or to quote something. When you're like, so, these little bastards. Yeah. <laughs> these little fucking rats. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I'm doing it to make a point because of the time period, because that's how they thought back then, or I'm going to be quoting things. But 
if any of us say anything wrong or offensive, we welcome friendly emails to educate us, but please recognize we're trying. So just for you two guys. Rat. I don't buy that. Sorry, I'm just Aladdin. Go ahead. No. <laughs> so instead of something instead of like real parent or natural parent, say birth parent, say biological parent. Mm. Things, okay, you know, sure. things like that. Don't say okay. um adopt a child, say my, you know, just child. Don't mm-hmm. say like illegitimate, say born to unmarried parents. Don't say things like give up or give away. You'd say like terminate parental rights, make an adoption plan, mm-hmm. things like that, you know. Okay. Don't say someone is adopted, say was adopted because it was a thing that happened and then it's over. So mm-hmm. there are terms like that that people prefer and I acknowledge it. I've researched it, but I am sometimes going to use the wrong language and it is intentional because I'm making a point. Just wanted to put okay. that out there just in case we fuck up a little bit. <laughs> okay, got it. That being said, let's talk about the orphan problem. <laughs> oh, dear. Now that Jump we've gotten right all in. that out of the way, <laughs> let's talk about these fucking orphans. I'm kidding. But the number of orphaned and homeless children in the East Coast was rising dramatically in the 1830s and the, to the 1850s. And this was due to a large number of immigrants that were coming to the uh, U.S. at this time. And all of the like port cities were just way overcrowded. It's not because of the Stork Derby, by the way. That was in the 1920s. So this is pre-Stork Derby. Okay. <laughs> I did look at that. I'm like, I wonder, but no, oh, unrelated. Because the Stork Derby was when like we were having a slump of births because of the Depression. So it was like yeah. we were telling sure. people to have babies during a time when they were not trying to do that. <laughs> Well, I didn't remember the details and when it happened. So I'm like, I wonder if the Stork Derby was during this time period. It was not. So immigrants came to the U.S. and they had trouble finding work. And often when they did find work, they weren't even paid that well. And then a lot of the jobs they were getting were kind of these like dangerous labor jobs. Men often got severely injured or even killed on the jobs because this was pre-OSHA and there was no work safety standards. That was also like pre-reliable healthcare. (laughs) That too, yeah. So men were often like killed or injured doing these like dangerous labor jobs and the women and children were left to like fend for themselves and women weren't really working that much back then. So Mm -hmm. there was a problem. Even six-year-olds sometimes were put to work to like support their families. Kids were also orphaned due to epidemics such as typhoid. Thanks, Mary. Rude. (laughs) And yellow fever, flu, or they were abandoned, like straight up abandoned because of poverty, illness, or addiction problems within the family. Mm -hmm. Orphanages were rare, so a child whose parents either passed away or were otherwise unable to take care of them generally like ended up with relatives. It was kind of an informal process, but immigrants didn't have family in the area to like to fall back on in these situations. Doesn't, um, Eliza saying at the end of Hamilton that she established the first private orphanage in New York City. Public orphanage. Like it's a public or, no, orphanage. No, you're right. It is private. It is private. Yeah. yeah. The very so it's like first a big deal. orphanage ever was 1729. I didn't put it in my notes because I had it in my notes and I deleted it because it didn't seem relevant. But the 1729 line up with that? Well, this would have been a private orphanage. So. Oh, okay. So maybe. Anyway. They weren't that big a thing back then. People just like went to live with relatives. It was all very informal. Nobody kept track of these kids at that time. The orphanages that did exist would have a system in place sometimes where the parents could put their kids there and then make payments to the orphanage to kind of support the kids while they were there. 
But if they missed a payment, the kid would become a ward of the court and social workers could, quote, dispose of them however they chose, however they see fit. Okay. So it's like storage wars. Like if you can't make you, if you can't pay your, (laughs) pay for your storage unit, it gets auctioned off. So there's like orphan wars, like, oh, you didn't make your payments. So it's mine now. Damn. Like you're just renting or leasing them. Essentially. (laughs) And then you default on your contract. Mm Mm-hmm. Except it's much sadder than when you lose your storage unit. Yeah. Yeah. In New York City alone at this time, in like the 1850s, there was 10 to 20,000 homeless children. And the population of New York City was 500,000. So that's like 2 to 4% of the population is just kids living on the streets. Mm-hmm. Many formed street gangs for protections and sold things like newspapers and matches. I was going to say, were they newsies? newsies. Or they shined shoes. Selling papes. I said, yep, I said, put in my notes here, a la Newsies. That is what they were. Oh my God, I'm going to watch that this weekend. (laughs) Or like Oliver Twist. Or like Oliver Twist, yes, but also Newsies. Well, Oliver Twist is the British version of Newsies, basically. Essentially. (laughs) You might say these kids ended up on the wrong side of the tracks. I hate them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Tracy, buckle up! It's it doesn't stop. It's not going to get better. (laughs) It's not going to get better. Nothing gets better. And kids as young as five were just arrested, you know, because they were stealing or getting involved with whatever illegal activity on the streets, and they were like put in prison with real like adult criminals too. So it's kind of a fucked up situation. In 1953, a minister named Charles Loring Brace founded the Children's Aid Society, which built the first runaway shelter, which was called the Newsboys Lodging House. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Exactly. There it is. I'm so watching that this weekend. Yes. It was created to give orphans like cheap room and board and basic education, but I choose to believe it's also where they learn to sing and dance. (laughs) Yes. It's where they learned how to carry the banner through New York. Headlines don't sell papes. Newsy sell sell papes. (laughs) Oh my God, I need to watch it right now. (laughs) Anyway, so this Newsboys Lodging House tried to find homes and jobs for these kids, but they were soon just completely overwhelmed by the sheer number of children that needed help. So that's when Brace came up with the idea of shipping off these kids to the Midwest. So the West was being settled at this time. Railroads were expanding out that way, so there's plenty of room for these like free range children to graze out there. <laughs> free range <laughs> children. <laughs> Haven't oh we had God. free range something before? Free range eggs. conspiracy theory. Right. Oh. Also eggs. It's going to help you out there. <laughs> Put these kids out to pasture. Oh my God. I hate it. Uh. So Brace believed that the farmers would be down to take these kids in because they could work on their farms. They didn't have to raise these kids from babies and like wait till they were able to work in the fields. They could get like a pre-raised kid ready to go, ready to hit the ground running. It's like a mutually beneficial situation here. Except for the kid, it sounds like. Craig talks about how he doesn't want to take care of our children until they're like 12. I mean, I feel like same. And that's why I just don't want to have them. Yes. There you go. 12-year-old doesn't sound so bad. They can, like, probably make their own dinner, right? Probably. They can, like, boil water and make mac and cheese, right? Yeah. 
Brace also felt that these kids would do better growing up in like a strong family rather than an orphanage. They were more likely this way to become like respectable members of society. This would like get them on the right track. I hate you. Dude. <laughs> you can't just use track again. I can just use track a lot. <laughs> Steer them in the right direction. Oh. These are very engineered jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh it. <laughs> Tracy hates it. It's conducting <laughs> a lot of laughter. Oh, yeah. All right, guys, guys, we've gotten off track here. Oh, Let's get no. back to it. Oh, God. So Brace's phrase that he coined was emigration as a cure to pauperism. And thus, the orphan train was born. So the orphan train, the... This whole system was initially called the Emigration Department, later it was called the Home Finding Department, and then again later it was called the Department of Foster Care. Colloquially, these trains were referred to as baby trains or mercy trains, but as you will soon see, they were no gravy trains. Laughing at Tracy's misery. Oh. <laughs> I'm just laughing at how just like painful. It's not that good. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> you need a new train of thought. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm not actually that sorry. Yeah. Anyway, Orphan Train wasn't actually really an appropriate name anyway because many of these kids weren't actually orphans. Many were either runaways or like i said before were literally abandoned because their families quote did not have the money or desire to raise them i mean i feel like a runaway makes sense as like not necessarily being an orphan because that's like the life they chose but i feel like being abandoned by your family is still being orphaned yeah or is it like if you know who your family is and you can communicate and contact with them they just like don't want the financial responsibility of you the know. actual literal definition of orphan is a child whose parents are dead. Oh. According to dictionary.com. So if your parents are still living, you're not le- like technically Oxford an Language Dictionary. Okay. Yeah. So I mean if you're the the term orphan literally means your parents have passed away. But mm-hmm. so by that definition, many of these kids were not actually orphans. This is a quote from one of the Previous train riders. Her name is Hazel Latimer. I'm going to quote her again sometime later, too. Hazel? Sure it's not Hazel. Hazel. Yeah. <laughs> Hazel Latimer. Excuse me. I don't know why I said Hazel. Hazel Latimer. I knew that, too. Oh I don't know why God. I said Hazel. The witch Hazel. <laughs> <laughs> I've, had a, I've had a drink. Those Hazel eyes. <laughs> Behind these Hazel eyes. This segment is a train wreck. <laughs> She says, quote, I just finished eating and this matron came by and tapped us along the head. You're going to Texas. You're going to Texas. Well, some of the kids, you know, clapped and laughed. When she came to me, I looked up. I said, I can't go. I'm not an orphan. My mother's still living. She's in a hospital right now in New York. You're going to Texas. No use arguing. Okay, bye. She's like, because she was just hanging out on the street, I guess. So she, they like weren't physically on the train at this point? It doesn't sound like it. They were like borderline kidnapping kids without any like actual orphan credentials, like verifying their eligibility. 
I was trying to dig into that particular quote a little bit more to be like, where was she when this happened? I couldn't tell if she was like in an orphanage or on the street, but like, yeah, I guess if her mom was in the hospital and she didn't have a father or any other family members, like maybe she would have temporarily been put in an orphanage, like one of those ones where you can put them there and then take them back and make your payments or something. Right. Maybe that was like her situation. Okay. But it sounds like she was not like abandoned. Her mom was just like away and she got ended up being roped onto one of these trains. Okay. Kind of shitty. The first trains were basically cattle cars with like wooden seats built in and quote makeshift bathroom facilities, which I can only assume means like a bucket or like yeah, just a hole that great. dumped your or a hole dump onto the tracks. A poo hole. Maybe this is where like the Y2K do it yourself toilets came into place. I don't know. Yes, definitely. And these trains took days to weeks to get to their destination. So this whole thing sounds super unpleasant. You know what's cool, though? These kids were standardizing time along the way. Oh, my God. (laughs) Mind blown. They were bringing labor and time to the people. There you go. To the masses. (laughs) By the end of the movement, though, children were actually, like, on sleeping cars, and they had much nicer arrangements on on the train, so it got better. They often didn't understand, really, like, what was happening to them, so just imagine being... This kid living on the street and you're just like scooped up and thrown into this cattle car with a bucket and never been on a train before. Didn't know what the fuck was happening. Like it must have been absolutely terrifying for some of them. You know, what's just the ticket for these orphans. What? Getting on the train. (laughs) (laughs) They just derailed their entire future. The first train arrived in Dowagiac, Michigan. Nailed it? Sure. Question mark. Sure. On October 1st, 1854. There were okay. 45 kids accompanied by a man named E.P. Smith, who was from the Children's Aid Society. He advertised that the boys were handy and the girls could be used to do housework. Super gendered. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the 1800s. Everything was super gendered back then. Yeah, that's true. 15 kids were placed on the first day. An additional 22 were placed by day five. And the remaining eight, who were worse than the last picked for kickball were sent to another orphanage in Iowa City (laughs) where they were tried to find homes. So you were just like picked up from an orphanage. Kick them while they're down. In the East Coast. Send them across the country. Still nobody wants them and they just get put into an orphanage again. It's kind of shitty. The first train was viewed as a success though and the program picked up steam from there. (laughs) (laughs) The whole thing was kind of on like an honor system as far as the foster parents went. So to foster, you had to get a recommendation from your pastor or a justice of the peace or like some other local town leader, such as like a local physician or something. But this wasn't really enforced that well because literal beggars can't be choosers, I guess. So like basically, if you wanted a kid, you chances are you're going to get one of these kids. Screening process was pretty lax. Yeah. Grace probably was like a little naive and had a little too much trust in people. But, like, in his mind, these kids were taken in for free and would be raised as if it was the family's, quote, natural-born child. I mean, how often is that happening? (laughs) I don't have, like, statistics, but not always. Yeah. Yeah. Not often enough. Yeah. Yeah. 
the idea was like they would help out with chores at the farm or at the house, but at the same time get food, clothing, education. They were also supposed sure. to get $100 when they turned 21. I tried to figure out what that is in today's money. The farthest back that the inflation calculators goes is to 1913. But in 1913 to today, that's $2,600. So that or more. Wait, okay. so what year was this? It was from 1854 to 1929, I think. Um, older children were also supposed to get paid for their labor. So again, tit for tat type situation. An mm-hmm. agent from the society was supposed to do an annual home visit and the kids are supposed to write letters to the society twice a year, but there were only, quote, a handful of agents for thousands of kids across the country. So the foster system has been pretty much fucked since its inception. It's been running on fumes. So $100 in 1854 is worth $3,114.07 today. There you go. Yeah, that's what I got too. Okay, I couldn't find a calculator that went back that far, but I didn't look Google. I yep. looked at the top two calculators that were available, and <laughs> that's where I stopped. I was like, I, was I googled the 1854 bare money inflation, and it automatically gave me a result with a default of $100. Okay, nice. Yes. Thank Correct. you. So these families would have the option to either foster the kids indefinitely or officially adopt them. Many states didn't have like official adoption procedures in place until the 1860s or 80s. It wasn't even like a widespread practice in the U.S. before 1900. And so if it didn't work out for whatever reason, if their relationship derailed, it was pretty easy for the family to just like have the train pick the kid back up and send him along further down yeah, the line. Yeah, can't you just go to another stop on the orphan train? Essentially, yes. That's what they would do. Like, if it didn't work out, yeah. they just like put him back on the train. Sometimes this meant the kids were sent back the direction they came from because it was whatever direction the train was going at that time. That's annoying. So you might have huh. like come from New York, gone out to like, I don't know, Ohio, didn't work out and get sent back to New York. Let's talk a little bit about the kids now. Prior to getting on the train, they were dressed in new clothes, cleaned, and they were given a Bible. The essentials. The essentials. <laughs> clothes and Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them were white. Babies, like puppies and kittens at shelters, were the easiest to place. Why? They can't do anything. The whole point was to have labor. Yeah. Well, you could start from scratch and raise them however you want. Yeah, but that's an investment, man. I mean, I want the ready-made kid. I'm not going to fucking Ikea. I'm going to like (laughs) furniture and getting like the ready-made shit. Well, think like what you know about adoption nowadays and like older kids are harder to adopt because they also from they have their own parents perspective. Yeah. If I'm just I'm not worried about trauma if I just need hands in the field like. Well, I think it kind of depends on what you were looking for. Like, cause another source said that boys 12 to 14 were in high demand because they were strong enough they can and do like, shit. This, to start laboring in the field. So right. I think it depended on whether you were truly looking for a child to be part of your family or if you're just looking for extra labor, like a workhorse for your farm. Also, you might be thinking that, like, if older kids are runaways to begin with, like, are you going to get a return on your investment? What happens if they just run away from your farm? You're not investing anything. They're free. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> true. But I know what you mean. You are, like, clothing them, feeding them, etc., educating them. I mean, in theory, you are, but... In theory, right. Kids over 14 were some of the hardest to place, though, because they were considered set in their ways and they had bad habits. 
It already gone off the rails. Damn it. If my if I was set in my ways at 14. You're never gonna beat gravy train stuff. I know. <laughs> now I'm hungry. I peaked. This is a quote from one of my sources here. Adolescent girls were the last chosen of the train riders because they were seen sometimes as a threat to the women of the household, and they were Gross. also considered incorrigible. The boys could live in the barn, and it didn't really matter. A lot of boys describe living in barns and sheds. Gross. I hate this. Yeah. So if you're just looking for someone to work, you're probably going to pick a boy and let him sleep in the shed. Well, yeah, because at that point, he's like worth no more than your horses like yeah. to these people. Children with like any physical or mental special needs were often very hard to place, and siblings well, sure. were not necessarily kept together like if the foster family just wanted one instead of the package deal yeah they would separate siblings i even read one source where they weren't allowed to foster more than one kid at a time so they were essentially so, routinely yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they took a page out of trump's book and just broke up families yeah sound yeah but how it actually played out let's let's talk about what happens when the train arrives well prior to the train arriving Flyers would be posted in town alerting prospective foster families of the kids coming. So this is an example of a flyer from Nebraska in 1893. All children received under the care of association are special promise. That's all in caps. (laughs) (laughs) In intelligence and health and are an age of one month to 12 years and are sent free to those receiving them on 90 days trials unless... A special contract is otherwise made. (laughs) You get to try before you buy. Oh. Homes are wanted for the following children. Eight boys, aging 10, that's also capitals, uh, ages 10, 6, and 4. English parents, blonde, very promising. Two years old, blonde, fine looking, healthy, American. Has had his foot straightened. Walks okay now. Six years old, dark hair, and yes, good-looking and intelligent, American. Ten babes, boys and girls from one month to three months. One boy baby has fine head and face, black eyes and hair, fat and pretty, three months old. I feel like we have a friend who is looking to adopt a new dog soon, and this just reminds me of like the Adopt-A-Pet sites yes. that are like... <laughs> You know, I don't think I was far off on my animal shelter. <laughs> this is a lab hound mix. Yeah. 20 pounds. Good temperament. Young. Gets along well <laughs> yeah. with other dogs. Yeah. Untested with other babies. Like <laughs> the only pet in the house. <laughs> this four year old has not met other children of its age. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Uh, families could also pre-order like a custom child. You could custom order. <laughs> Designer. Babies? Is this like a car? I want this Pretty package. Much. Yeah, you could say I want like you could pick age, gender, like hair color, eye color, and just like wait till one like till a child of that those specifications became yeah. available. Like I want a blonde kid with blue eyes that's you know eighteen months to two years old. And just wait until one's available and they send it directly to you. Damn. That's better than Amazon. (laughs) Well, it might take a while, though. You have to wait. 
Okay, so the two-day turnaround is not... There's no two-day delivery. <laughs> There's no prime. Of anything, let alone children. There's no orphan train prime. No orphan train prime. Rude. Other kids that were not pre-ordered were marched from the train station to like a local theater or church or something like that, where they were actually put up on a stage, which is where the term put up for adoption came from. Oh. Yeah. Once they were on the stage, they, quote, took turns giving their names, singing a little ditty, or saying a piece. Oh, dear. So they had to, like, perform to try to, like, get prospective parents to take them in. What if you were just there to be muscle, though? Do you just, like, flex? So people would come along and inspect them. They would squeeze their muscles, size them up put fingers in their mouths to look at their teeth. I mean, isn't that this also is what they did like with slaves? Slave trade. Yeah. yeah, this is yeah. very slave trade vibe. So from Hazel, Hazel, not Hazel, Latimer. <laughs> this is another quote of hers. That was an ordeal that no child should go through. They pulled us and pushed us and shoved us. And this old man, I have never seen anything like anybody chewing tobacco. I knew nothing about it. The old man came up and his mouth was all stained brown. And I thought, well, mm-hmm. he must have been eating chocolate candy or something. Then he <laughs> said, open your mouth. I looked at him and he... he did he spit in his mouth? No. I looked at oh. him and he said, I want to see your teeth. I opened my mouth and he stuck his finger in my mouth nope. and just Gross. rubbed over my teeth. And his old dirty hands just... I wanted to bite, but I didn't. Ugh. Ew. That's gross. Ew. I hate that. Yeah. Disgusting. This makes me feel really uncomfortable. I don't like this. I'm sorry. So essentially, this is like an auction, a free-for-all, a slave trade. Yeah. Yeah. For some people. Like I said, there are some who got placed in like happy families and were raised as, you know, part of the family. Right. I mean, I think there were legitimately a lot of male parents who thought that their kids were just, like, even their biological kids were just extra hands i mean yeah that's a part of the reason people had such big families back yeah. then right it's well, like yeah. they needed it to tend to the farm and everything and the outcomes of the train many struggled with adapting from like their city street gang life to like the farm life it is a very big difference you know yeah i imagine that's culture the shock. slow life yeah exactly also they were not like having grown up on the streets and raising themselves and like getting involved in crime just to support themselves they were not as obedient and as poised as their foster families in, like, you know, the Bible Belt were expecting them to be. Sure. That led to, mm-hmm. like, some issues. Many kids lost their identities because they were forced to change their names and they relocated multiple times. The younger riders were not allowed to, like, make any contact with their past. So they didn't even, like, know or remember where they came from. Mm-hmm. Many criticized the train for not thoroughly vetting foster families. Like I kind of mentioned before, it wasn't a very thorough vetting system. There wasn't much follow-up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, these people that were like giving the recommendations were also like part of this small town community. So, like, everybody knew everybody. Mm-hmm. It's hard to give an impartial opinion or to reject someone's application if you knew you had to see them in church next week or whatever. Right. Yeah. Catholic clergies were accusing the trains of purposely taking Catholic children and placing them in Protestant families to force them to convert. <gasps> God forbid. I don't understand the impact of that statement as neither a Catholic or a Protestant. I mean, Protestantism is like kind of Catholic light, so it's not super different. 
they're not. I guess it's different enough that people were upset about it. I mean, people were very set in their like religion at that time. Like it was a very religious time. So I I can see it, but it's really not that big of a difference. (laughs) (laughs) Some also claim that um, immigrant Catholic families were purposely being like forcibly broken up, and then their kids were being sent out west to convert them. Essentially, again, unclear Mm. how valid this claim is i didn't i didn't find any corroborating evidence i also didn't look that hard because i only have so much time (laughs) to talk about this there was evidence though i did read somewhere that orphan trains did get sued by biological families sometimes because they wanted to get their kids back so there's like there's definitely situations where kids got put on these trains who weren't supposed to yeah i'm thinking about the quote you said earlier like what about this the kid that said their mom was in the hospital. What if this mom like yeah. gets out of the hospital or wakes up from their coma or whatever situation they're in and comes down and is like, where the fuck's my kid? It sounds like that happened. It sounds like it happened regularly. Yeah. Like if, she, if the mom, if there's no father and the mother went into the hospital, the kid is like on her own. Either she ended up in some orphanage or some street gang or whatever. And then got picked up and put on the train. And when the mom is released from the hospital, she's probably just like, the fuck's my kid? You know? Mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you guys about the time that I think it was early in quarantine? Because um, I remember being hesitant to answer my door for several reasons. Um, but like somebody knocked on the door and I wasn't expecting anybody. Like none of my friends were coming over and I hadn't like ordered food. Um, so I heard a knock and I went and looked to the peephole and there was like a, a middle-aged man standing okay. in front of my door and i was like i think i remember this story is this like a trap should i answer this so i decide i answer the door i open it up and i'm like hello and this man goes hi yes um is this yours and i was like what is he talking about and, and he like looks down and i was like if he has like his dick out i'm gonna lose my shit and i look down yes. and it's a child he's he has this child and he's <laughs> asking this yours this child is, is that mine. how i phrased it is this yours yeah he said is this yours and i was like uh and i looked down and i was like oh definitely not <laughs> no <laughs> yes. no he just so I mean this is my apartment building and so I guess he had just like found this kid on the elevator and the kid didn't know where he was did this child say that she belonged to this apartment how old was this kid like ballpark was like a toddler is this like a 10 year old um like an elder toddler Elder toddler toddler? (laughs) What is an elder toddler? I don't know what age range you're describing right now. Like, as old as a toddler can be before they're not a toddler anymore? I don't know. Um, But, like, small. Like, Like, four? Yeah, I would say, like, four or five. Okay. Actually, maybe probably younger. Or maybe they were just really shy. But so I guess he had gone down to the lobby first and... Somewhere between one year old and 20. <laughs> yeah. If I had it to could ballpark walk. it. But, you know, I can't be sure. <laughs> it could walk, but it wasn't talking much. And that could have just been... It. We're fear. calling it an it. Is this a I boy or a I girl? I think it was a boy. Okay. okay. Um, but he I think the guy walk. had gone down to the lobby first and asked the like front desk what to do about the child. And the child had indicated, oh, they were like, what floor did you find him on? And he said the 
my floor. And so he came back up and I think the kid just said that he lived at the end of the hallway and I am literally the end of the, the hallway, door, like yeah. on the end. And so he was so, just going to go door to door. Yeah. He, and he just started with me. And then I was just like, no, sorry. And I feel like that's <laughs> dangerous. I don't think that's the best way to like. I mean, I hope that no like pedophiles or creeps live in your building, but yeah. But like you could easily have said like, yep, that's mine. And like, yeah, in this <laughs> exactly. In. Yeah. I think after my after not checking out my apartment he brought the child back but all being said i actually do not know what happened to this child (laughs) okay great on a train to texas probably should like call the police or something yeah this sounds like i somewhere in that building there must be a parent running around frantically like oh my god where is my elder toddler (laughs) can someone find my aging child He's just aging so rapidly. I need to find him. He's so frail. We got sidetracked for a minute. Let's get back on it. I hate it. Abolitionists were against the train movement because they felt that kids were being made into indentured servants, which is a form of slavery. Well, yeah. Ironically, pro-slavery advocates were also against the train because it made slave labor obsolete. So... Nobody liked the train. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the end of the line. Mm-hmm. The, end the of final the train line. went to Texas in 1929, and the whole operation ran out of steam after that. As the West was settled, the need to outsource child labor declined. Soon, the Midwest cities had developed their own orphan boom. For the same reasons, so they couldn't so take they in the East Coast orphans. orphans. Right, they had locally <laughs> grown orphans, okay. and they didn't organic. Need to take, they didn't need them. Get them mm-hmm. shipped in from elsewhere. Exactly. Never caged. Free range. Never caged. So the Midwestern states were also like they also started passing laws that was restricting or forbidding forbidding. also forbidding Forbidding. restricting and forbidding foster fostering and adopting interstate children interstate children interstate children yes (laughs) oh my god legislation and new charity programs were focusing more on helping families in need so the parents wouldn't have to terminate their parental rights and could you know maintain their parenthood of these children there was also legislation passed that helped immigrant families find jobs and homes. And also, child labor laws kind of limited the usefulness of these trains. So, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much the story of the orphan trains. It was a creative solution to a real problem. Um, probably could have been organized a little bit better to make it safer. Solution, like air quotes. Solution, quote unquote. I mean, the alternative at the time was leaving them in their street gangs and orphanages. So it's like maybe the lesser of two evils for most of these kids. I read somewhere that one in 25 Americans can trace some family history to the orphan train, which is kind of nuts. Oh my God. Am I from the orphan train? Maybe. Now I have to think about it. Well, you specifically know. Well, but But somewhere along your line, your family. I mean, you are. Irish Catholic, right? I mean, like, if I know my family's ancestry, then that 
it's very unlikely that am I from the orphan? Because <laughs> presumably, if you can trace yourself back to the orphan train, then you, you the like stop there. Because you don't know their parents. Some of them did. Some of them didn't. I think some of them were raised not knowing they were from the orphan train. Yeah, that's fair. So that could also muddle things up in your lineage. Yeah, I mean, they might not know that they were from the orphan train. They would. They could just think that they were naturally raised orphans. Naturally raised children. <laughs> I would think that it would be families, like, based out in the West, though, on this. Like, if my family was originally from Colorado, I feel like that would be more, there would be a higher probability because the East Coast kids are the ones getting shipped out. They're not the ones that are getting adopted. Well, I guess when it says one in 25 Americans can link their history to it, it it could mean both ways. Like, it could be that you're an East Coaster, your family was East Coast at that time, and had a child that went away mm-hmm. and then you could be mm-hmm. someone who received a child just said that they could link their history. Yeah. They're not being specific okay. about the experience. Right. I would prefer to not talk about the orphan train anymore. Okay. We'll stop. Tracy doesn't want to face the likelihood that she might have come from an orphan what child if family. I'm from an orphan train, you guys, what if, Oh my God. What if, what if matter? I was an orphan train yeah. discard? What does that change in your life? Absolutely nothing. It just changes how I think about me. (laughs) The orphan trade. (laughs) The orphan trade. If you have information on this whole thing has derailed at this point. (laughs) It really has. This has gone off the track. Train train puns especially have gone Mm -hmm. off the rails. If you're tired of listening to things about the orphan train, you probably should turn this off because we're going to be talking about it for a while. But please don't. You can still listen to Harpy Hour on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen, please don't judge us by the orphan train and leave us a glowing (laughs) review. Are you from the orphan train? Tell us about it. We want to hear it. <laughs> Email us at harpyhourpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at harpyhourpod. I feel like there's no one who was on the orphan train that's listening I mean, to Harpy Hour like- because the youngest would be <laughs> like 95 years old or something like that. I mean, can they trace themselves? Can they connect themselves to the orphan train? Mm-hmm. Don't put our listeners in a box. <laughs> In a caston caisson caisson don't put our listeners don't in, put a them in a caisson oh that went that was rough um I'm sorry I lost my train of thought I hate you <laughs> I hate you I'm going to run you over we are also on Patreon if you want more train puns. Oh I'm unsubscribing from us. <laughs> then, then please follow us on Patreon for extra content. And not train related. The more you put in, the more you get out of it. So head on over there, see what we got. Less than the cost of a train ticket. I hate this. Mm-hmm. Why am I friends with you? So thanks for listening. Okay, okay bye. bye.
Tracy hates us, but you shouldn't. Toot toot.